Welcome to the Brooklyn Tabernacle's Daily Devotions. Now, here is the Senior Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, Jim Cimbala. Buenos dias. How are you today? I am Pastor Jim Cimbala in beautiful, sunny, gorgeous, downtown Brooklyn. The garden spot of America. That's what we call it. No graffiti, no dirt, no vermin. Just beautiful streets of gold, palm trees. If you've never been to Brooklyn, visit. You're going to be knocked out by it. You're just going to be like, I was born and raised here. Now you're going to understand why he never left. Like, who would want to leave this beautiful spot? Only joking. To the natural, there's a lot of negatives. But it's where God put me, my wife, the Brooklyn Tabernacle. So praise God. He does all things well. Thank God for wherever he placed you, but don't go someplace that looks better. You know, the grass is always greener on the other side. Don't move without asking God what his plan is for your life. That's why I'm still here, because I sense, I feel, and it's been seemingly confirmed, this is where I belong for now. Remember, when you call him Lord, it means he's in charge. Don't call him Lord if you're running the whole show. Now you've made him a credit card that when you need him, you want to swipe it. Don't do that. He has the best plan, the master plan, oh, wherever he puts you. We just heard the most amazing testimony uh, of a missionary that we help support who's in Papua New Guinea, the Boyds, Adam and Martha. Oh, my goodness. Living in what you and I would call super primitive conditions, huts and danger and trying to put the New Testament in the Enga language, which they've succeeded the committee in doing, raising three children there. We heard the testimony. Oh, how spoiled we are. Why are they so happy? Because they're where they are doing what God wants them to do, and they're living where God wants them to live for now. So how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, still verse 3, Hebrews 2, this salvation which was first announced by the Lord, Christ, was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. That's all verse 3 and 4. This salvation, this salvation through faith in Christ, was first announced by the Lord, Jesus, when he was on earth. It was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Some people say that that's a verse that Paul would never say, and that's why they don't believe Paul wrote Hebrews, because he saw the Lord himself, and he most likely, in their mind, wouldn't have said, confirmed to us by those who heard him. He would have said, yeah, not only the apostles, but me. He appeared to me, risen from the dead, the glorified Christ. But whatever, God also testified to it. So the Lord talked about this salvation. Those who heard him confirmed it. Then it was also testified by signs, wonders, and miracles done by the apostles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. All in confirmation that Jesus was no ordinary man. Through supernatural evidences to prove in Jesus' name, look what happened. Then gifts of the Holy Spirit poured out on the church, which is the body of Christ, to prove that Jesus is not dead, but he's alive. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. The Lord first spoke about this 
salvation. Then those who saw him raised from the dead testified about it. And then there were supernatural works testifying of it and the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to God's will. All as confirmation about this great salvation. Now, it was confirmed by people who heard him. They went out and spoke a very unpopular message. First to the Jewish synagogues, in the Jewish synagogues, wherever Paul went, at, went or to the people Peter and the others spoke to in Judea and Israel. The Messiah has come. I know he wasn't what you were expecting, but God fulfilled his word. Messiah came. What Messiah? The one who died mostly naked on a cross? Crucified by the despised Gentiles? Yep, that was him. It fulfilled Isaiah 53 and other, other passages. We saw him. Don't tell me that. No, we saw him. One time we ate near the side of the lake, had some fish, some bread. One time he appeared to us in an upper room. We're telling you he's alive. This was not exactly the message they wanted to hear in the synagogue. Messiah had come and they in their blind ignorance and pharisaical religion rejected the one that they supposedly were waiting for. Not a popular message. And that's why Paul and the others suffered persecution. When they said that message to the Roman world, see these 10,000 gods you have, a thousand gods, they're all dead. They're all fake gods. There's only one true God. He's the father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He sent his son, raised him from the dead, etc. The Romans thought that was foolishness. They didn't believe in even morality as we know it. And they didn't like it that Caesar was worshipped as God and Christians wouldn't bow to a statue of Caesar who they worshipped as God, like God. Why would those men, I'm asking you a question, why would those men who were with Jesus, why would they go into synagogue knowing they're going to face nothing but aggravation? Go into the Roman marketplace and proclaim this Savior crucified on a cross and resurrected from the dead. If that wasn't true, why would you risk your life getting thrown in prison and many, for many of them, they died. They say Peter was crucified upside down. They were going to crucify him, but he said, no, 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 no. Do it upside down. I'm not worthy to be crucified like my master. If that wasn't true, would you just tell me why would those men go and risk their lives? Listen, the human heart is to pray. People will do anything for money. They'll lie. They'll cheat. They'll steal. They do that in the name of religion today. But what could they get out of that message except aggravation, persecution, and possible death? And yet, they wouldn't stop proclaiming it. I'm just saying psychologically. People say, ah, he never rose from the dead. Why wouldn't you believe them when they have nothing to gain by telling you that? Oh, no, I know now why you don't believe it. It's not that it's too hard to believe. No, because if Jesus is Lord and died on a cross, that means sin is wrong and we need to repent of it and ask him to forgive us. And a lot of us, I ain't going there. I'm living my life the way I want to live it. Don't bring your morality on me. I decide what's right or wrong. That's the problem. It's not that we can't believe. I mean, these people saw Jesus risen from the dead and went and proclaimed it and got their heads handed to them, almost literally, and yet you wouldn't believe them. But what was their scam? What was their, what was their game? Praise God, the message is true. Confirmed in many ways. And we're the recipients of that message and let's cling real hard to Jesus today. Amen? Amen. See you on Monday. Thank you.